All right, hello and welcome to another episode of Raven Conversations, the show where we bring you the news and information from the Washington Military Department and the Washington National Guard. I'm Jason Christ. Today we're doing something a little bit different. Today I have Josie Mandel, who oh, is hi. the public affairs officer. In the course of our, our tenure here for the past decade or so, we've told thousands of stories of soldiers and airmen alike, right? Um, but over the years, sometimes we hear little stories about some of the, the things that soldiers and airmen have seen in some of these old armories. So we're going to, you know, in the, in the spirit of Halloween, we are going to tell a few stories or at least have some conversations with some service members who have seen some strange things. Um, if there's one thing that sets the National Guard apart from uh, all the other services, I think it would have to be the old armories that we utilize for drilling and assemblies and and all that stuff. Um, yeah, so uh, you're absolutely right. Um, and it's something we always talk about, Jason, is the Washington National Guard is not new, right? We've been around for well over 165 years. Um, and in that time, you know, armories get built and they get torn down and things get built on top of them. And, um, you know, we replace old buildings and that kind of stuff in communities. And uh, a lot of the armories, um, I wouldn't say a lot anymore because we've gone over a huge shift over the last 25 years in updating. Mm-hmm. But you still have some armories and locations that are turn of the century. Uh, Walla Walla is a great example that I know you talked to an individual from Walla Walla. Yeah. Um, Centralia, and we had another good one. That was a 1930s building that was built on an old uh, school and hospital uh, that was there when the city first came around. And uh, th- these locations have this rich history, but it also comes with what came with that rich history. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, these uh, places served as a as a as a place for troops to assemble, train. Um, you know, ad- administrative uh, areas. Um, Supplies and ammunition, ammunition were stored there, but and they were also used to deploy, you know, many people to uh, World Wars One and Two and on through the Middle East, and um, yeah, but they were also unique in that they were in the communities. They were just outside of city centers, and they were used by the community too for stuff like balls, high school graduations, exhibitions, and such. Um, so there's a lot of people, not just service members, who have gone through there, and there's a lot of. Uh, a lot of stories that have possibly remained there. <laughs> yeah, and the the idea here of uh, is like we talk about, you know, in, in recorded history, as long as people have ever written something down, um, this idea of the unknown or the mm-hmm. you know unexplained phenomenon um, has always intrigued people, and I believe it's it's something that continues to intrigue people today. Uh, you, you see more TV shows and movies that regard, you know, the unknown. And I think uh, when, when we hear these stories, right, because this is, this is just a very quick snippet of mm-hmm. people that have told us their stories. But like we said, over the course of both of us doing this for more than a decade, um, guardsmen come up to us and they mm-hmm. talk to us and they tell us, hey, I had this experience or this thing happen. Like... You know, they're, or it's usually an old armory, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
you had a historical interview. I think one of your first assignments on this job yeah. where you're <laughs> in a room with two people talking about the Everett Armory as it was closing. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my first assignments was Pullman Armory, and I was hearing stories about it, you know, and the things that have happened there. And uh, it's uh, it's not new, but it's it's intriguing and it's interesting. Yeah. And I think guardsmen, uh, they love to share that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it kind of sticks with you, right? Yeah. You never forget it. Right, right. I mean, and uh, as, you know, when you... Uh, I, not to skip ahead or anything, mm-hmm. but having listened to a few of these already, um, you know, the, they always say the same thing. Love the location. Would work there in a heartbeat again. It was a fantastic place. It just, something happened there. I can't explain what <laughs> yeah, it is. And, yeah, yeah. But it wasn't, it wasn't bad or anything. It was just something they didn't know what to, to think mm-hmm. about. So, yeah. So we threw it out to the, uh, the services to, to, to send us, uh, let it tell us if, if you've experienced something and we've, we've compiled, um, three stories. So the first one was uh, is is from Sergeant First Class Edward Roloffs from the one of the one six A G SAB. That's the uh, Aviation Battalion on JBLM. He has a story from when he was at the Walla Walla Armory, um, which is a, a building built in the in nineteen twenty. After that, we have uh, Sergeant First Class Richard Klutz, who is currently serves with the Recruiting and Retention Battalion, and he has a story from when he served at Geiger Field, which is uh, near Spokane. And then, um, then we have Major Drew Nevins. He's a, a, a good friend of mine. I've, I've served with him overseas, who is with the 156 Information Operations Battalion. But, but he tells us a few creepy stories from when he was serving as the 506th Military Police Detachment Commander when they were at the Centralia Armory. So, um, yeah, these are the stories we have. And I hope you give him a listen. Uh, a little disclaimer, uh, the second story with Sergeant First Class Richard Klutz has kind of like an audio issue, but it's still listenable. You can still hear it and understand it. So um, there was a little bit of echoing going on when we were recording that we were not able to fix. So keep that in mind, but it's still a great story. All right, so without further ado, sit back and enjoy the show. I'm uh, Sergeant First Class Roloffs. I'm the Battalion S4 at one of the 168 Aviation over on JBLM. Okay. So I hear you You had a, have a story about an experience at, at Walla Walla Armory. Can you go give – me, give me your story. What happened? I, I did. So uh, about a year and a half ago, I was the supply sergeant in uh, Alpha 2, the 146, when they were located in Walla Walla. If you've never been to that armory, it was built in 1918. It's a really cool building, very historic, also kind of creepy, has a lot of strange noises. Uh, what happened to me, I had to make a trip to the west side, and uh, I came in really early to get the GSA keys. It was like 3.30 in the morning I had to get the in GSA, there. GSA, for people who don't know that? What is... uh, that's the, the government van. That, okay. Uh, can't take it home, so I had to come in and pick <laughs> it up in the morning and get on the road. I came in, and uh, of course all the lights are off, and the, the foyer has like a security light, and there's a lights that reflect down on the shiny tile and I came in the door and there were very clearly a set of wet bare footprints that had come up the stairs from the basement around the corner down the hall and into the latrine (laughs) which uh, 
stopped me in my tracks. So, so the, the, the footprints were going towards the, the bathroom. They came out of the basement and towards, towards the bathroom, towards the latrine, and then and then kind of disappeared. Uh, it was dark, cold, silent, and uh, it, it definitely stopped me in my tracks. I immediately decided I was not going downstairs, <laughs> but I did uh, I did check the latrine and didn't find anything there. I did eventually turn every light in the building on and, and go downstairs and make sure no one had broken in. The footstep, footprints disappeared at the bottom of the stairs. There, there were no others. At that point, I uh, decided to go with uh, discretion as a better part of valor. I grabbed the keys and left and went on my mission. A little unnerved, uh, I was gone for a few days. I got back and happened to mention it to uh, the readiness NCO, and he immediately jumped out of his chair and said, I thought I was crazy. I saw the same thing a few months ago, and he didn't tell anyone. Uh, oh, wow. My supply room was in the basement, and... Uh, I was uh, I was always a little unnerved every time I had to go down there. If it was after hours or later, I was I was by myself and checking doors and looking at light switches and <laughs> always checking for footprints. <laughs> yeah, I did. I didn't see another set, but that was uh, it was quite the moment at that that building. What what do you think it is? What 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 is your heart telling you? <laughs> it's it's a really old building. Uh, we heard foot pl- footsteps in different parts of that building because it's wooden floors for the upper floors. And uh, mm-hmm. a lot of us would uh, just like to think maybe it was someone from back in the day who liked the place hanging out. Try, try not to think of anything too ominous, but uh, yeah. it was weird. And, and come to find out other people had seen and heard similar things in that building. What is it, Was there anything else you've heard, like any other kind of stories offhand that you've... The, uh, the training NCO that was there at the time geobatched for a little while and spent a lot of time there at night after hours hmm. and uh he said he heard children laughing to the point where he got up and searched the building and never found anything wow and, and i don't know if throughout that building's history there were a lot of pictures on the wall of community events being held there like during world war ii and after maybe it's a i don't know some kind of remnant from that but uh i never heard the children's voices but the, the footprints definitely got that's me. pretty creepy and that's crazy that the other guy saw the exact same thing but just kept it to himself. Exact same description, coming from the stairs, heading toward the bathroom. Really, really odd. That is odd. Definitely. I'm, uh, I'm, a, I'm a skeptic, uh, I'll admit. Um, I'm, I'm not coming up with any kind of plausible thing that it could be unless somebody was just... Uh, somebody else was in the building and was just took a shower or something, you know, it's like, <laughs> and that was a thought, uh, you know, yeah. that there was, there were some homeless people in the area, but once I did come back and we discussed it and realized someone else had seen it, we did a, a thorough search of the building, the basement areas, every access point, there was no signs of any kind of entry or anything. And I don't know, I'm, I'm not a huge follower of the paranormal, but, mm-hmm. uh, it definitely seemed a little otherworldly. <laughs> So, did you did you like touch that? Make sure it was it was actual water. Or? I did not. At you did not. Uh, it's funny did, you mentioned that. I walked did, around them <laughs> and then went down the stairs. And uh, I, I didn't step on them on purpose. Yeah. Like uh uh-uh. uh. But uh, it, no it was close up inspection. Like. It was crystal clear. They were big enough. They were an adult, and uh, just the way they reflected off the light on the tile was very obvious. And, yeah strange wow that is a, that is a strange story i i like it <laughs> it was don't get me wrong i love the walla walla armory i'd go back there today 
it didn't it didn't try to kill me or anything. Yeah. It was just a little unnerving. <laughs> and those are the ones that are probably the most scariest, right? The ones that 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 are not like overtly evil looking that you hear stories of people seeing like red eyes and stuff like that. But this is like one of those things where it's just like, whoa, <laughs> you know, just like, it, right. Not, not like horror movie weird, right, just, right, right. but very real. Like yeah. I'm, I'm actually seeing this right in front of me. <laughs> Who's here? <laughs> exactly. I'm not alone. Exactly. Uh, my name is Sergeant Klutz. I'm with Alpha Company RRB. Uh, I'm currently with Area 2 at Armory, and I was in Area 1 uh, in Spokane on Geiger Field, which is where this story took place. My name is Sergeant Berkwan. I am assigned to Alpha Recruiting Retention Battalion. I'm in Area 1, which is around Spokane and adjacent to Geiger Airfield. Uh, January of 2019, I was assigned to Area 1 on Geiger Field. And I was living in Puyallup at the time and wasn't prepared to PCS. So I commuted. And my wife would set me up with food for the week. And I drive out on Monday morning and stay till Friday and go back home for weekends. So I spent a lot of time at Geiger Field. And I, and I set myself, myself up in a small office with, with a flay-lay mattress, you know, like, like us steel bachelors do. do. And I had a pretty good thing going. I had a PS4, big TV, right at my feet. And I told myself that I was going to hang out more with uh, Sergeant Berkham and Sergeant Hall after work. But, you know, they have families. And so that happened not as much as you would think as normal and I would just literally finish my work day and just stay there in that building and I was there literally five days a week sometimes in that building the whole time so I got to know it pretty well and at night while I was just sitting there playing video games or talking to my wife on the phone or whatever eating I would hear noises but it was usually when I was alone in my room that the noises would get really weird. And it was typical, it's an office building, people come and go whenever they want. They have different reasons for coming into the building after hours. So I would poke my head out, and uh, like most of the buildings in the Washington Army National Guard, they have motion sensors in the hallways. So if I poked my head out and the lights weren't on, then there was nobody in the building. And sometimes it just sounded like there was an absolute party going on out there like door slamming and people going up and down the hallways. Uh, so it happened often enough that I finally just had to reconcile with the fact that not only is this a noisy building built in the 70s and in Spokane there are wild temperature swings and metal buildings make noises when they heat and cool. And this HVAC system is very noisy. There's a if FMO is listening, there's a fan up top that's failing and there's a bearing about to go and it might cause a fire. <laughs> so there were those natural noises that the building makes, but <clears throat> these were not those noises. Uh, 
So it was pretty much a nightly occurrence. And I just settled into it. So during the workday, I would go and tell Sergeant Berkham and Sergeant Hall about it, about the noises and how crazy it was. And it occurred to me that there was a serial killer in uh, Spokane that happened to be associated with the Washington Army National Guard, Robert Yates. And Geiger Field, oh. say that again? He was in aviation, wasn't he? He sure, he sure was. was. He, was had, he was an aviator. And one of the things that he did was he would, uh, when he was based out at JBLM, uh, at that time, Geiger Field was Flight Facility 2. And so he would fly out to Spokane and commit his murders and then fly home. So <clears throat> I thought maybe I was in one of those buildings. I literally have no idea if the building that I was in had anything to do with his workspace or where he was wandering around at that time. But it occurred to me that these could be the poltergeist personalities associated with the, his victims. And, you know, I also exercised on Geiger. And there's a swamp right behind the building uh, 144th DLD is at right now. And nobody goes near that swamp. Because if you get within 10 steps of it, you get assaulted by mosquitoes. So I don't know if there's something creepy going on in that swamp. There's just something creepy about Geiger <laughs> in general. And those are the two spots, the building that I was in and that swamp out back. Hopefully there's no bodies buried back there. So I just made a deal with the noisemakers that I'm sorry for what happened to you. And if I had ever met you, I probably would have been very nice to you. And uh, I'm not the enemy, so please don't kill me. <laughs> you did say that out loud. I did. I actually talked to them and just let them know that I'm just back here playing video games, yeah. you know. I, I really stopped poking my head out the door after doing it the first dozen times and seeing that the motion sensors weren't tripped and it just became a part of daily life that that place was going to sound like a party. And you didn't hear any of those noises during the work day or anything remotely similar to that? No. Uh, and they immediately stopped. That's, this is the weird part. They immediately stopped as soon as I touched the doorknob. So I grabbed the doorknob and I stuck my head out the door. The noises are gone and there's no motion sensor tripped. So now I'm thinking I'm nuts. And I just closed the door. It just happened often enough that I just, hmm. this is my new reality. Wow. Guys, so it, yeah. Hold on. Uh, yeah, yeah. It did happen during the day for one person. Scott? Yeah, I, I had an incident, uh, like, right in the middle of the day, up, and it was sunny and beautiful, except in that gloomy old building. Uh, so, at one point in time, after uh, we had kind of vacated that area, but we still kept a lot of our supplies back at Geiger, and uh, we had moved a bunch of office furniture out of one recruiting storefront, and we were going to refurbish and get new stuff for the uh, exploitation. So we had put all that there at Geiger. In the end of this building, there was a, an old 
well, an easy, convenient spot to go and dump all this. Um, and it's, it's all like decks and things that are 20 years old, so they're that, that super heavy sheet metal industrial strength furniture that the Army loved for a while there. Um, and we just ditched it there and created another uh, elephant grave with a lot furniture that the Army loved. And uh, we had some of they're like, hey, just grab if you guys stuff, come and get it. Otherwise, it's going to stay here forever until somebody throws it out. And so we had put that there maybe like a week ago. And uh, I was out there, excuse me, I was out there alone, get stuff out of another building that we had to fly in. And I got what I did, and it was about 12 o'clock. So I thought, hey, it's just, I'm going to eat my sandwich here real quick. So I went back to this building that, that Sergeant Clute had been staying in previously, and it's, it's a single floor building that, I don't know, maybe, maybe 30 or 40 meters long, and it's just like one central hallway, and all the offices and rooms branch that one hallway that runs the center of it. So on the one end was a room where we stuffed all the furniture, and on the other end was an old break room and kitchen. Uh, so I went in that end and walked in there and was eating my sandwich. And a couple minutes in, I start hearing uh, furniture scraping across the floor. And I mean, I'm again, this building is old and it's all made out of metal, so it makes lots of weird noises and it's always windy out there. So I'm I'm pretty willing to attribute strange noises to it's just the building doing stuff. Um, but this was prolonged, loud noise. And any of you guys who've ever moved a sheet metal desk across a concrete floor, like you, you know the racket that makes. So I thought, oh, hey, yeah. one, of the, one of the other people out here is, you know, they're, they're scavenging for her. Good, I'm happy someone's using it. So I popped out the door at the end of the hall with my sandwich and start walking down the hall. And I, I don't really think anything of it, but the light in the hallway on that end are dark. So, you know, no one trips that motion sensor that Sergeant Clutes was talking about. And there, there is a man door at that end of the building, um, but it's not in the same room as the overhead door where all the furniture is. You still have to walk across the hallway at the very end. And, you know, I, again, I don't think anything of it because um, maybe they were just fast or, you know, or, or the light burnt out or something. <laughs> So I could continue to hear this furniture getting shoved all around and like somebody's looking at it and, and I mean, not just like little quiet scrapes, like it's loud until about halfway down the hallway and I cross the point where the motion sensor sees me and then the lights turn on in the hallway and all the noise stops. Wow. Not until I get closer to the end of the building that I see that, that room, which is, it's like a nice from the hallway, so I can't see in there until I get up to the door, and it's dark in that room. <clears throat> and uh, there, I mean, I stood in the doorway and turned the lights on and looked, and there's nobody in there. It's just all this old, rusty furniture and things that everyone's waiting. And uh, I just thought, you know, nope, I'm good. Thanks, thanks so much, Dagger. Uh, I'm gonna finish my sandwich outside. So I. Went back down the hallway, left, and that was 
Yeah, I did. Just that, you know, and I'm sure people had been looking at it, but it's hard to take like the ransacked or moved since we put it in. Or you know, we didn't we didn't put it in nice orderly rows. We have a large space at the end, so we just kind of put it forever. So I can't, you know, I'm, I can't say that. Oh, it's definitely been shoved everywhere. But like, it was loud and walking down the hallway towards it. Like I could hear it coming from this room, you know, and until the lights turned on in the hallway and then it stopped. It was just. It was definitely not the building settling or the vent up in the roof opening. Like it was, I don't know else how else to explain that noise. So I didn't. I quickly finished my sandwich and <laughs> went out the door and said, that's, that's enough of that. Wow. Wow, yeah. Dragging a old metal desk across concrete makes a distinctive sound. And you can't mistake that sound. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, that was, uh, it was just, again, I was there for a year and a half, and I got along just fine with them. They didn't bother me, I didn't bother them. All right, so... For the next story, we have Major Drew Nevins, who is in the um, Information Operations Battalion, 156 IO. And he has some stories from when he served at the Centralia Armory back when he used to be in the 506 Military Police Company. So, Major Nevins, please take it away. Yeah, thanks, Jason. Uh, yeah, so my name is Drew, and I'm just going to tell a few creepy stories of when I was the 506 MP detachment commander down in Centralia Armory. So uh, the first story I'll tell, uh, these all took place in around 2015. So these were before the Centralia Armory remodel um, back in its kind of original National Guard form. Um, my office was down in the basement of the armory with the rest of the MP unit. And I uh, used to drive down to the Centralia Armory on Friday nights before drill. And that way I could sleep in my office and wake up and I'd already be at drill. Um, you know, so I, I would go down Friday nights, I'd have dinner out in Centralia, and then I'd walk back up the hill. If you're familiar with Centralia Armory, I'd walk back up the hill to, to the armory and I'd, I'd let myself in. And then I would uh, set my cot up downstairs and I usually brought you know, an Xbox because I'm a nerd and I would just play Xbox down in my office or I'd do some drill paperwork and prep for the weekend. Uh, and then around 10 or 11 o'clock, I typically would walk through the armory and I'd make sure all the doors and windows were locked and closed. And then I would go back down to my office and I would go to sleep. So I did this for a couple months, maybe two, three months. And I really liked the Centralia Armory. It's an old building. You know, it's been there well over 100 years. The town of Centralia is just such a great town. Um, and so I really enjoyed my time, my Friday nights there before drill, just by myself. Uh, no one typically uh, would come down early like me. So I usually had the whole building to myself and it was just really quiet. And, and what I thought, I thought it was very peaceful until one night, about three months into my command, I'm sleeping in, in my office and I'd gone upstairs. I'd locked all the doors. I'd shut all the windows and uh, it was around 11 p.m. 
mm-hmm. and I was just starting to drift off downstairs in my little uh, my little MP office on my cot when I I felt my cot starting to kind of rock back and forth. Just at first it was very slight, and I thought I was imagining it, and then it started rocking harder and harder until my whole cot was literally shaking. Yet there was no sound at all. It was just me panicking, wondering what the heck was going on, thinking maybe maybe there's an earthquake or maybe there's a train going by that's shaking the ground and somehow moving my cot. And I shot up out of my cot after a few moments of sheer terror and uh and listened and there was nothing there's no sound there was no noise no no sound of train or train tracks uh it it didn't feel like anything else was shaking um you know as as i sat up my cot stopped shaking so i thought okay okay, maybe i imagined this as i was falling asleep so felt a little uh little heart racing moment there but i thought you know that was probably just one of those you know lucid dreams you get right before you you conk out so i thought to myself i'll just lay back down it was nothing so i I lay back down and this time i kind of put my little green sleeping bag hood over my head and kind of cover my eyes and just thought to myself you know what if there is anything in here i don't want to know i just want to go to sleep Um, i'm a grown man i'm too old to be to believe in anything crazy and as I start to drift off, once again, I feel my cot starting to move. And now I just lay there and I just try to figure out what's going on. And and it again, it starts to shake and it starts to shake back and forth. And if you've ever slept on one of those old aluminum army cots, you know what I mean? That when they start shaking, you know, things are squeaking and moving. Mm-hmm. And so I, I sat up again and said, whatever is doing that, please stop. And right as I finished that sentence, bang, something hit my office door. It sounded like someone had taken their flat palm of their hand and just slapped it as hard as they could against the door. And I jumped. I probably screamed like a, like a small child. (laughs) I, I was so caught off guard. I jumped up and I thought, okay, maybe one of my soldiers, I was like, first I was scared. And then I was angry. One of my soldiers is messing with me. Right. So I fling open the door to my office and it's just darkness. There's no one there. And I fling open the other door in my office that leads out to the hallway and there's just darkness. No one there, no sound of people running away, laughing, nothing. And that's when I got a little creeped out. So I said, I said a quick prayer because I think that's what you got to do in those situations. Uh-huh. And, and I crawl back into my sleeping bag and I, I, uh, I don't know. I, I eventually fell asleep that night. And then the next morning I, I talked to my soldiers and I said, Hey, uh, there was a, there was a supply sergeant there. Um, who, her, her desk was right outside my door. And then a, another, um, de- my detachment sergeant, uh, also had a desk in, in the room, um, adjacent to mine. So I walked out of my office in the morning and kind of after saying hello and good morning, I kind of said, Hey, uh, you guys ever experience anything kind of weird here? And before I could even finish a sentence, my supply sergeant said, oh yeah, sir, this place is haunted for sure. <laughs> and so that's my first story. It's, it, was, it, it was the portending of things to come, so to speak. Well, yeah. Um, so the first thing I was thinking when you're retelling cot thing, I was thinking like those things squeak like really, really loudly whenever they move people rotate on them you know these things oh, are yeah. really loud and there was nothing no no sound none of that 
it, so there, there, there wasn't any sound of of anything else in the room moving. Because at first, like I said, I thought maybe it was an earthquake or maybe the building was mm. shaking, um, but the cot was squeaking. Um, but nothing else in the room was shaking. So that was kind of like, okay, something's going on. Why is my cot the only thing in the room moving? Ah, uh, that's, that's crazy. Like, yeah. huh. I, I, oh, it gets, it gets creepier, dude. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. Okay. So let's go on. So, uh, so that, that was, that was kind of like the first weird experience. And again, this was a few months into my command. So, um, you know, that night, myself and a bunch of other soldiers are now staying in the armory because it's drill weekend, right? So nothing nothing happens that weekend for the rest of the weekend. It was just, I chalked it up to just kind of a crazy story. Wow, that was really interesting, kind of laugh it off, ha ha. But, you know, come next month when it was time for drill again, I'm driving down on Friday night and I start thinking to myself in the car, like, okay, well, I'm going to be alone in the armory again. I sure hope nothing weird happens. And so... <laughs> I get to the army, you know, right as the sun is uh, is is kind of setting, and um, again, Centralia, beautiful town. I just I love the armory. It's up on a on a hill. You can kind of see out, and you're surrounded by these beautiful trees and woods. And so, I, you know, I had my own little parking spot that I was very proud of, and I kind of parked my car in there and walk up the steps and with all my bags and everything I have, and I kind of drop everything off in my office. And then I go down to town like I usually did. I, you know, would have a burger and have a beer at the little Centralia um, bar down there on the corner and then walk back up to the armory when I was ready to go to bed. And again, play a little Xbox or, or, or read or do some work. And um, and then again, around 11 o'clock, I'm like, okay, oh, it's bedtime. But, but this time I'm like, all right, like definitely doing a triple check around the perimeter of the of the armory i'm gonna make sure all the doors windows are definitely locked i'm gonna try them all i'm gonna make every, sure everything is buttoned up because uh I, you know just a little bit spooked at this point right so <laughs> i i do that and i go down into my room again and i get back in my sleeping bag and i'm kind of like awake like i'm not quite uh ready i'm kind of just listening but i definitely <laughs> If you if you know if you have those little you know, those you know sleep sacks you got the little hood on it. I definitely got the hood you know around my <laughs> face I'm I'm ready to just like hide like a little child if anything happens right because um, again it's always spooky it was spooky and uh, yeah, yeah. and uh, as I'm like laying there listening it's so quiet I can just hear my heartbeat and I felt like I could hear voices and it was it was just right on the edge of my hearing and I thought. Oh, maybe some soldiers showed up and they need to be like let in, you know, or there's people outside that like maybe they're, you know, from another unit, they need to be let in. They're talking and they park their car. I was like, I didn't hear anyone pull up because you you could hear, you could see, you know, headlights and things like that. Because mm. um, it's pretty dark up there at night on top of that hill. But I was like, oh, maybe, maybe they walked up from town or something. So I kind of like stood up, propped myself up on my elbow and I'm listening. And it's just like whispers, just like barely out of hearing. I can't quite hear what they're saying. And uh, I'm like, okay. And so I'm kind of listening, trying to figure out, okay, is this someone at the door? Are they gonna like knock? Or are they calling on a phone to get like a key code to get in the building? But I just, like I said, I can't quite tell. Are they outside? Are they near the building? So I sit up and I'm like, okay, I'll just go upstairs and see if anyone's up there. So I sit up and I start to put on my shoes and you know, the, the speaking or the whispering kind of stops, but initially I don't really think anything of it. I think, okay, maybe they're just outside, like on their phone. 
So I turn all the lights on, I tromp back up to the front door and I kind of look out and there's no one there. I'm like, oh, weird. Okay, well maybe they're in the back door and I walk across the drill floor, I go to the back door, look out in the, the motor pool and there's no cars there. I'm like, oh, okay, well, maybe I just imagined it. Maybe, or maybe it was someone walking by on the phone or I don't know. So I just go back in my office, I get back in my sleep sack. And again, I'm kind of laying there. All the lights are out, I'm about to fall asleep. And again, now I, now I really hear like a lot of whispers. And I'm like, what? Are they back? Are they walking back? And then I hear footsteps like in the hallway, right outside my office. And, and they're like really slow. They're too slow to be someone like walking deliberately down the hall. They're just like, step, step, step. And I'm like, what is that? And so I, again, I think maybe a soldier's come in through the back door. So I get up, I flip the light on and I open the door and I'm about to kind of be like, hey man, like, it's kind of late. What are you doing? You know, and there's no one. It's just dark. And then I, and that's when I got spooked again. I was like, nope, 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 nope. And I shut the door, shut the door and I locked it and I turned the, I brought a lamp this time. And I turned the lamp on. I'm like, I'm sleeping with the light on. I don't give, I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. And, yeah. And then, yeah. And then the next morning again, I tell my soldiers, my, my supply sergeant, my detachment sergeant, I'm like, you know, it happened again, something weird. And they're like, oh, yes, yeah, sir, it happens all the time. And they, then they tell me like, yeah, you know, when we're here late, sometimes it's just one of us or whatever. Like we hear people walking on the drill floor and we go up there and there's no one there. Or we hear doors shutting and there's no one else in the building. I'm like, great. Now you're telling me. OK, <laughs> so that's my second story. I got I got one more that I think takes the cake. The third story, the third story, everything really kind of culminates. And I will say this is this was the last time I spent the night in the armory before drill, just because it was like, all right, I'm I'm done here. <laughs> like, you know, uh there's there's an there's enough coincidence going on that it maybe maybe I should just like get myself a hotel room or something. So <laughs> so fast forward a few months, um and not much has gone on, but, you know, it's still kind of a joke. Soldiers kind of like to prank me at this point now. They like to make spooky noises at me and they all think it's funny and I laugh. And, and but eventually, like everyone kind of forgets it. And so we're a couple months later. Uh, I'm again, uh, it's it, this time it's a longer drill weekend. Actually, you know, I think it might have been an annual training. I can't remember. It was we were we were already there and I was already sleeping in my office. But my um you know, the Centralia Armory had two units in it at the time. There's the 204th Engineers and the 506 MPs. So, uh, you know, one morning I wake up from, um, you know, from sleeping and I, I go up to the, the bathrooms on the, on the main floor of the Armory, the second floor for me. Um, so I walk up the stairs, I go to the bathroom and I'm, you know, doing my daily shave. And the 204th uh, company commander's there. Um, <clears throat> and... He's shaving, I'm shaving, and we're not really talking. We just had both kind of woke up until like we're kind of getting to the point where we're almost done. And, and he looks over at me, and this is a this is a big big man, um, <laughs> the two the old two fourth commander when I was there. He's a big dude. He was prior service infantry guy, um, you know, not not you know not someone you would think would necessarily be spooked by anything, right? This guy had seen combat. He was like kind of a kind of a legend, and. Mm -hmm. um, and he looks over at me and he's like, Hey, uh, Drew. I was like, what's up, man? And he's like, anything weird ever happened to you in this armory? And I'm like, <laughs> laughing. I'm like, yeah, dude, all the time. And this guy was an AGR. So his office was in the armory. He used to you know, work uh, during the week in the armory. He'd stay late. Um, I think he was like geo batching or something. And so he'd stay late and work sometimes. And he said like, Sometimes there was like some weird things that would have, he'd hear noises or like things would just fall over randomly in his office. 
So we kind of told a quick couple stories and kind of laughed about it. And we're just like, yeah, man, like crazy haunted armory. Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> and we were the only ones there. We we're the only two people there at, at this time. And so, you know, we're walking back down the hallway and he kind of peels off to his office and I kind of peel off to go down the stairs to mine. And I'm walking down the stairs, just kind of chuckling to myself. And right as I get to the bottom step of the stairs, so it's like, power outage immediately just like as soon as my foot touched like the landing the mm. whole building goes black and uh and 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 if you've been to the centralia armory like down in the basement there's not a lot of windows unless you're in an office like if you're in like right outside the vault it is dark <sighs> and the whole thing just goes pitch black and there was just this like blinking red light over the vault and then the alarm starts going off you know the beeping the beep beep and I yell up at him, hey man, that wasn't cool. Like, what are you doing? Like, and he's, and I, and I turn around and I haul butt up the stairs, like running up the stairs, <laughs> like a child, right? Where like the like, being in the basement scary. I'm like, hey man, that wasn't cool, dude. And he's like, dude, I didn't do it. I swear to God, I didn't do it. And he's already running out of his office. And I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm gonna wait outside for someone to come, you know, for the fire department to come and, and turn the power back on. Cause that's just two creepy coincidence for me, man. He's like, dude, I'll, I'm right there with you. So yeah, so we waited outside and yeah, those are my those are my haunted Centralia Armory stories. I know I know that other people have experienced weird stuff there. So mm -hmm. I know there's probably more stories out there, but those are my my fun three stories. Wow, yeah. No, I love them. They're 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 fun. I love it. <laughs> this is so cool. <laughs> Did you say something about Pater in the email? in your synopsis. oh it was the pacer yeah so there was like that's what we started calling him because my soldier one of my soldiers uh so you know i heard these whispers and i heard the footsteps outside my office and i opened the door and there's no one there <clears throat> okay. and so you know the next day i go and i i i'm telling everybody you know what happened everyone's making fun of me one of my soldiers is like oh yes sir that's the pacer and i'm like what do you mean He's like, I've spent the night here during the week, like when he was doing a Suda, he works up on the border or he, he, I don't know if he still does. I think he's out of the army now, but but at the time he was working up at the border. So he would drive all the way down to Centralia and, and um, try to do a Suda when he when he wasn't working. And, uh, and so he told a story about how he was sleeping in his office, which is a different office down the hallway. And um, he would leave the hallway light on because he was spooked as well. And he said he would hear someone walking up and down the hallway at night and he would see a shadow under the door of somebody walking oh. by but when he would open the door there'd be no one there and this dude's like a law enforcement officer he's you know he does undercover work he's not a guy again to get spooked super easy but he got freaked out as well so we started calling that the uh, okay <laughs> so ghost okay. Pace. that's cool yeah yeah these armories man they have so much history in them you know so many people have gone through them in and out over the years that uh, i'm sure there's a lot of stuff left behind you know that we can't really put our finger on or answer you know because it's just weird that happens yeah well the centralia armory especially has some crazy history i think it was used as a hospital at one point for smallpox patients um there's, you know, the Centralia massacre that occurred nearby. And so there's speculation that maybe uh, 
wounded people or bodies were taken to uh, to that that mm -hmm. building when it was a hospital because there was a morgue there. I mean, there's all sorts of speculation and stories on on the internet you can read about. It's pretty interesting. We we had no idea until all this stuff started happening, and then the unit kind of became a little bit obsessed with uh, researching the building. <laughs> It made for a lot of fun. So, so I, I'll, I'll ask you what what do you think? Do you have any kind of story that you tell yourself or explanation of what you think it is that you saw? Ooh, I, here's what I'll say: is is only one story has to be true, right? Not just my story, but only one of of anyone's stories has to be true to kind of you know introduce a little bit of, uh, of doubt into any non-believers, um, into any non-believers perspective. I, I mean, we believe as human beings in, in so much crazy stuff that, that doesn't sound rational or logical. So why not also <laughs> believe in, in, I don't know, like ghosts or echoes. I don't know, man. Like yeah. all I know is that, uh, when it happens, it's spooky. Well, thank you for those stories. I really appreciate it. 